Welcome to another episode of Norman Student Podcast. Today, I'll be covering 10 questions that has to do with bronchiectasis and methemoglobinemia. Before we kick off, I'd like to add that these are multiple choice questions from which you will benefit tremendously. However, they are just supplement to what you are doing in preparing for the boards. So please continue to read the book. Okay, let's begin. Question number one. A 70-year-old man went to his primary care provider because of a hacking persistent productive cough, which he has had for three weeks. He smokes at least two packs of cigarette daily. His vitals are normal. He added that for the past year, he has had three bouts of pneumonia and has had and has developed unbearable bad breath. Which of the following is the most likely diagnosis? Chronic bronchitis, acute bronchitis, lung abscess, and bronchiectasis? And the answer is bronchiectasis. This patient has bronchiectasis, persistent productive cough with repeated bouts of pneumonia and foul-smelling breath are all features of bronchiectasis. Question two, which of the following is the test of choice to establish the diagnosis of bronchiectasis? Which of the following is the test of choice to establish the diagnosis of bronchiectasis? Chest radiograph, chest CT with IV contrast, chest CT without IV contrast, and MRI of the chest. And the answer is the chest CT without IV contrast. What you're going to see is dilated bronchioles. It is these dilated bronchioles that are irreversible in which you have the collection of mucus that becomes a platform for um, repeated pneumonia and foul-smelling breath with time. Question number three. A 40-year-old female currently on her menstrual cycle was taken to the emergency department for evaluation of difficulty breathing, which developed while she was at her sister's cookout. She has been eating hot dogs and barbecue chicken for the past eight hours. She smokes two packs of cigarette daily and has had chronic non-productive cough. All her vitals are normal except for oxygen saturation which was 82%. She was put on 100% oxygen via facial mask. Reassessment after 30 minutes showed that she still had significant hypoxemia. Which of the following is the most likely diagnosis? Pulmonary, pulmonary embolus, methemoglobinemia, chronic bronchitis exacerbation, and iron deficiency. And the answer is B, methemoglobinemia. This is a condition where there is abnormal hemoglobin. Iron exists within normal hemoglobin in the form of ferrous sulfate, that is Fe2+, and can efficiently bind oxygen for delivery to the cells. With abnormal hemoglobin, the iron changes from ferrous, that is from Fe2+, to ferric, that is Fe3+, 
and is unable to bind oxygen for delivery to the cells. Hot dog is one of the food that contains nitrates and nitrites and can trigger this reaction. It doesn't matter how much oxygen is given to the patient. It will not bind to hemoglobin and the patient will remain hypoxic. The diagnosis is made by doing a blood test which will determine the percentage of methemoglobin. Question number four. Which of the following is the treatment of choice in a patient diagnosed with methemoglobinemia? Which of the following is the treatment of choice in a patient diagnosed with methemoglobinemia? Oxygen 100% via facial mask, intubation, methylene blue, and hydration plus oxygen 100%. The choices again, oxygen 100% via facial mask, intubation, methylene blue, and hydration plus oxygen 100%. And the answer is C, methylene blue. Methylene blue is a substance given intravenously that can reverse methemoglobinemia very rapidly. It changes the ferric Fe3 back to ferrous Fe2 form, hence binding oxygen again. Question number five. You just started your shift in the ER when the nurse came over and informed you that the patient in bed four has blood that resembles brown chocolate. The nurse then asked you why would he have chocolate brown blood? Your response was severe lead poisoning, severe iron overload, methemoglobinemia, and end-stage renal disease? And the answer is C, methemoglobinemia. Question six. A mother brought her 20-month-old baby to the ER during a snowstorm for evaluation because he was having difficulty breathing and his skin appeared blue over the last eight hours. She had applied some baby origel to his gum because he kept biting on his fingers for the last two days. His vital signs are normal except for pulse oximeter of 90%. Apart from his cyanotic appearance, the physical examination is benign. Which of the following is the most likely cause of his um, cyanotic, cyanotic appearance, difficulty breathing, and hypoxia? A, fumes from the fireplace at home. B, a cold apartment that caused pulmonary congestion. C, methemoglobinemia. And D, congenital anemia. Well, the answer is C, methemoglobinemia. Benzocaine. Benzocaine is found in over-the-counter products that may be used to soothe a baby's sore gum for teething, such as in Ambisol or Baby Origel or Origel Oricane or, or, or a base. Any of those can contain benzocaine. The U.S. Food Department and Drug Administration recommends um, trusted source, it's a recommended trusted source, that patients and caregivers not use these over-the-counter drugs on children younger than two years old. Very important to remember that. Methemoglobinemia can be congenital, 
which means you are born with the condition. Congenital methemoglobinemia is caused by a genetic defect that you inherit from your parents. This genetic defect leads to a deficiency of a certain enzyme or protein. This protein is responsible for converting methemoglobin to hemoglobin. Congenital methemoglobinemia is much less common than the acquired form. Question number seven. Which of the following medications is likely to cause methemoglobinemia? Which of the following medications is likely to cause methemoglobinemia? Lidocaine, dapsone, antimalarial drugs, or all of the above? And the answer is all of the above. All of the above, lidocaine, dapsone, and antimalarial drugs can all result in, can all cause methemoglobinemia. In adults, people have developed methemoglobinemia after having medical procedures that use certain topical anesthetics that are often sprayed on the skin. These include benzocaine, lidocaine, or prilocaine. These may also be used to numb your throat before checking your lungs with bronchoscopy or checking your upper digestive system with endoscopy. Um, it is used to ease the pain during these procedures, including circumcision, implantation of catheters for chemotherapy, and placement of pacemakers. Other medicines that have caused this condition are dapsone, which can be used to treat conditions like acne, acne, a type of dermatitis that causes blisters on your arms and buttocks and fungal lung infection in people with HIV and AIDS. Also, antimalarial drug is another cause. Question eight, in which, of, in which group of patients is methemoglobinemia? Well, let me read that again. Let's start over. In which group of patients is methylene blue contraindicated? In which group of patients is methylene blue contraindicated? A, sickle, um, patients with sickle cell anemia. B, patients with G6PD deficiency. C, patients with anemia of chronic disease. And D, patients with thalassemia anemia. And the answer is B, patients with G6P, G6PD deficiency. Question nine, how should methylene blue be administered to a patient with methemoglobinemia? How should methylene blue be administered to a patient with methemoglobinemia? A, two milligrams per kg intravenously, slowly over five minutes. B, two milligrams per kg intravenously, administered rapidly over five minutes. C, two milligrams per kg intravenously administered slowly over 30 minutes, and D, two milligrams per kg intravenously administered rapidly over 30 minutes? And the answer is A. So basically, you're going to give two milligrams per kg intravenously administered slowly over five minutes. Methylene, uh, methemoglobinemia can be treated with supplemental oxygen and methylene blue. Methylene blue is given as a 1% solution, which is 10 milligram per ml to um, 1 to 2 milligrams per, per, per 
one to two milligrams per kg can be administered intravenously over five minutes. Now, although the response is usually rapid, the dose may be repeated in one hour if the level of methemoglobin is still high one hour after the in initial infusion. Meth methylene blue inhibits monoamine oxidase and serotonin toxicity can occur if taken with SSRI. That's important to remember. Methylene blue inhibits monoamine oxidase and serotonin toxicity can occur if taken with SSRI. And um, question number 10, our last question. Which of the following is an appropriate alternative step in treating patients with methemoglobinemia who did not respond to two rounds of methylene blue? Which of the following is an appropriate alternative step in treating a patient with methemoglobinemia who did not respond to two rounds of methylene blue? A, continued methylene blue until the, until the response, until there's a response to treatment, B, intubation, C, blood transfusion, and D, hydration plus I, oxygen. And the answer is C. And the answer is C, and that is blood transfusion. Um, let's make sure, yeah. C, blood transfusion. Methylene, um, methemoglobinemia may be, a medically, is, uh, may be a medical emergency. The first treatment is infusion with the drug methylene blue. This medication usually helps people quickly, but methylene blue can be used on people who have congenital type of methemoglobinemia. People who don't respond to methylene blue may need blood transfusion. Well, thanks for listening. And remember, hard work pays off. So until next time, this is Norman saying, your brain is a fertile field. Be careful what you plant in it. Good night. Thanks for listening to Norman Student Corner Podcast. Follow us on Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, and if you're on Apple Podcasts, hit the plus button on the top. Stay tuned for another episode. Remember to listen, study well, take care. <laughs>